Hey there, are you a holistic badass? Well, I think you are, and I think that you could get a lot of information from my podcast right here called Holistic Badass. My name is Lori, and I bring to you a podcast that offers up all kinds of information on assorted alternative, natural, complementary health med- methods that you can incorporate into your life and make it just a little more holistic. And you know what would help me out? Go ahead and hit like on this episode and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. In fact, if you want to keep up with what I'm doing, you can find me at The Herb Chick LLC or Lori The Herb Chick on just about every social media site out there. Go ahead and Google me, you'll find me, and let's keep in touch. The information presented in this podcast is for informational and self-education use only. It is not intended for self-diagnosis, nor treatment, nor anything that constitutes the practice of medicine. Please consult with a qualified physician concerning the prudence of and before undertaking any major changes in diet, any treatments for disease, any use of drugs or prescription items, or the cessation thereof. Hey there, holistic badasses. Today, this podcast is bringing you a very special guest. Her name is Heather Butler, and she and her husband have Hogs and Hens Urban Farm in Dayton, Ohio. What does that have to do with alternative and natural health and holistics? Well, you're just going to have to listen to this episode and find out. So go ahead and buckle up for that nice little drive. Get yourself something to drink and snuggle up with a blanket if you're at home. And put your ears on to listen to Holistic Badass, Heather Butler. Hey, Holistic Badasses. Today, I am here talking with Heather Butler of Hogs and Hens Farm, Dayton. And Heather is what we call an urban homesteader. Heather, why don't you tell people what urban homesteading is? Hey, guys. Um, So my husband and I live in a house in the middle of Dayton, Ohio. And when I say we live in the middle of Dayton, Ohio, I don't mean that we live in a suburb. I mean, from our backyard, if you look between the trees, you can very clearly see the skyscrapers of downtown. And um, the, the heart of downtown is about six blocks from our house. Um, so we we are really urban. With that in mind, our house was a row house. And the remaining four houses beside us have all, um, over the years, burnt down or been torn down. We purchased the land that they were on and we turned it into a fully functioning farm right here in the middle of the city. Um, So 
we are doing all of the things that large farms do with sprawling acreage, but we do everything on half an acre. And we are producing our own vegetables, fruits, and currently we are um, raising laying hens so we get our own fresh eggs. And um, it's going to be around the end of March, we'll be adding quail, rabbits, and meat chickens um, to our uh, varieties through some partnerships and some things we've got cooking. We also grow mushrooms, um, all kinds of herbs and um, fun things around the property too. And we grow about 70% of our own food right now in the winter. And it's more like 80 to 90% in the summer when everything is very productive. That is a lot of stuff to <laughs> shove into a half acre. It really so, is. <laughs> um, so when people are thinking about a half acre, you know, if you are not like from a farming background or a surveyor or something, like help wrap the, their head around like how big is a half acre in like full size town lots? You said four? Um, so we we actually have a total of six lots, counting the one that our home sits in. Now, our house being a row house is skinny, but very long. Um, so our property is 135 feet long. And each one of the lots are right around 40 feet wide. Thirty, They vary between 34 and 40 feet um, wide. So we have that much acreage and our house takes up a good footprint of that. We also have um, a garage that's a two and a half car garage and an out, what used to be an outhouse, which is now a shed on the property, taking up some of that as well. And a shed that we use as a garden shed. Well, still though, that that's a lot of space too. It really, and, and for a city, which it, is awesome. Yeah. But it's it the fact that it's not a huge farm because people think about homesteading. They think that they need to save up thousands and tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars and move out to the boonies and be completely off the grid and you know, like roughing it with an outhouse or something. They they <laughs> don't always just think that they can do what they can do where they are. Absolutely. Actually, I am in the process of writing a book about just that. Um, it is a detailed guide to how you can literally homestead anywhere. There are varying degrees of homesteading. And homesteading doesn't mean you have sprawling acreages and tons of different species of livestock. It means that you are making a conscious effort to be more self-sufficient and sustainable, or in our case, regenerative, because being able to sustain where we're at is not good enough. We are, as a society, we are not in a good position um, from a self-reliance standpoint. And so for us, it's all about resilience, not only keeping the status quo of what we have, but bettering ourselves and bettering our land for future generations. Perfect. I think a lot of people don't think that far ahead. Um, and I'm, I'm totally going to botch this. I'm not native, but there's the native saying that before you make any major decisions, you should think about how it's going to um affect seven generations down the row and i probably have butchered that all up but i want to say that's what i had read 
but it, mm -hmm. it's it's the idea behind it. Before you make some major decision where to build something, where to plant a tree, where to move to, you should <coughs> think about how is this going to affect future generations that you maybe your own generations or if you don't have kids the the people that are going to come up behind you because mm -hmm. everything we do is going to influence what they have to deal with absolutely that's you know that mentality is what led us into permaculture and permaculture has been such a revolutionary change in our lives and just our passion and love for the principles of permaculture has really started to trickle through to our friends and family and even strangers through the podcast and the website and the speaking engagements. And it's incredible how many people have said to me, you know, I never really thought about this or how many people have told stories of, well, when my son was in school, they got these little tiny trees as a, a gift one year and we planted it, but we didn't think about what was going to happen when it grew up. And now he's married with children and we have a tree that's six feet from our house and we are constantly having to prune it to keep the branches from touching, you know? Exactly. And that that's like when I bought my house, I live smack dab in the middle of town and I have one lot and I was so excited because you know there were trees along the one side of the driveway on the fence row and now I'm looking at it and it's one lone mulberry tree that has never flowered and never given berries and it's of the kind that just sends off suckers all over the place and it's pushing against my fence and I'm thinking, you know, maybe that mulberry tree wasn't so great when I moved in. You know? Yeah, it's it's crazy. We have a mulberry that's right up against our porch as well. And it's the same thing. And, you know, it's pushing on our porch. So we constantly have to try to cut it down because it's it's literally going to rip our porch off if we don't. But right. when it was planted, I'm sure that wasn't a concern. It was probably a tiny little plant. Right. And, and that, that is something, and I know there's plants I've planted where I look back now and I'm like, you know, that's probably not the best place I could have stuck that. <laughs> Luckily Same. it's nothing as major as a tree, you know, it's something I can just pretty much dig up and move. But, you know, at the same time, you're like, mm, good thing that wasn't something a little more permanent ish. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Well, so, you know, Go. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm really big into permaculture. Um, I'm a certified permaculture designer. And one of the things I love about permaculture is, you know, in the very beginning, the very first thing you really need to do when doing any kind of design work on any kind of vegetation or, or livestock for that matter, or structures <laughs> is to observe. And the principle of permaculture and the techniques of permaculture design, the first thing you learn about is paying attention to things. I know several people who have put in beautiful gardens, but they didn't observe and pay attention to patterns, which is another thing that's very beginnings of planning stages of permaculture design. And they had let their dogs out. And when their dogs do their runs through the yard, they always cut through the garden. And because of where it's planted, the middle of her garden always ends up torn you know, torn up badly. And like she said, if she had thought about it beforehand, she would have not put the garden right in the path of the dogs or built a barricade around it to keep the dogs from destroying half of her hard work. Right. Right. And those things are very important. 
Um, so on Holistic Badass, we like to see how people are implementing holistic health and alternatives into their life. And you are sitting in a prime spot. How do you incorporate uh, natural health and alternative health with your homesteading and your permaculture? So one of the very first things that we did that was a very tiny change was that when we set up our annual gardens, um, it was the first thing that we installed when we started on our permaculture journey and turning our property into an urban farm. And we made it a conscious effort to have organic heirloom variety seeds. And we are 100% organically farming. Um, we are not a certified organic farm. That's a whole nother beast. We can talk mm -hmm. about that, have a whole episode dedicated to that. But we oh, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> you will find zero synthetic um, things on our on our property when it comes to our plants. So starting with a foundation of nutrient dense, non GMO organic products that do not have things like glyphosates in them has begun the transformation of our gut system, first of all, because so many of those things just destroy your gut and your GI tract is such a key player in your whole body and your overall health. So that was our first thing we did. Um, next steps where we began incorporating um, some herbs. And so we grow a lot of our own herbs and we use them in our cooking. Rather than taking them supplementally, we tend to add them to our cooking. Um, if, if you've got some, um, some issues with infection, we will add heavy amounts of garlic to anything and everything we do. And oregano oil, we'll begin using that. And those kind of things are small changes that we could make right up front. From there, we added in, um, we now grow gourmet mushrooms on our property. Um, a friend of ours has an organic mushroom farm and they give us their spent blocks because they are a market producer. They can only use their blocks once um, because of health guidelines. There is um, concern for cross-contamination and with, with growing mushrooms or any kind of fungus, um, or yeast, you have to be really careful because those are in the ambient air. Um, wild yeast, wild fungi are in the air. And so because of that, we get those blocks and have used those all over our yard as a compost layer and to build our soil health. Well, now we grow organic um, oyster mushrooms, chestnut mushrooms, and lion's mane. Lion's mane has been an absolute game changer for us. Um, so we grow massive amounts of lion's mane mushrooms all over our property now. We harvest them. We eat them both um, you know, fresh when they're fresh picked, but we also dehydrate them and powderize them and use them in almost everything we eat. And that has been amazing for my severe ADD. Um, so I have really bad attention deficit disorder and it causes a lot of problems in my life. And I've been able to go off of all commercial synthetic anxiety medications and ADD medications now that I've added lion's mane to my life. So that has been a beautiful thing that I'm able to grow right here on the property. Um, as a homesteader, I also make uh, my own kombucha, and so that has been a huge game changer for my gut health. I suffer from a condition called um, 
postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. And it is an issue with my autonomic nervous system that basically it misfires and forgets what it's supposed to do. Um, it controls things like blinking and digestion, as well as your heart rate and blood pressure. And so I have a lot of trouble with my GI and adding kombucha has completely alleviated those system symptoms as long as I routinely drink my kombucha. Um, and that's something I can simply make right here at the house. Um, sourdough is another thing um, that we have added. We make our own sourdough and there are so many things you can do with that. So I don't have to buy commercially um, processed bread products anymore. And in addition to those things, we use all natural cleaners around our household and we no longer use any synthetic um, air fresheners or anything, um, the wax melts that have all of those synthetic odors in them. We don't use any of those. And I found that I no longer suffer from chronic migraines, um, because there are so many chemicals in those. And so we've done a whole lot of things on small scales that have really added up to some big changes in our health. That is awesome because you've touched on some things I have had in past episodes you were talking about the the wax melts um, excuse me i did um a whole podcast on phthalates and artificial fragrances all because i happened to walk into a doctor's office with my mother and it was a brand new doctor's office but you know all the outgassing mm -hmm. that hit me and it was just like wham all these um things that I had experienced back in the day that drove me to herbs and alternative health just kind of all came back in a rush. And I was like, I have to wait outside. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I really can't handle it in here. But yeah, th those things are changes that people have to make a conscious decision to do. And they don't necessarily have to be homesteading out in the middle of the wilderness to do that. I mean, they can just do that wherever they live. Absolutely. Um, Everything that I've mentioned is 100% scalable. I can teach anybody to do this, even from a dorm room. You can become very self-reliant from the small space of a dorm room. You won't be able to be 100% um, off-grid, and you won't be able to be 100% self-sufficient, but you can certainly start yourself out with a good foundation of health, even in the smallest of spaces. Right. And that, that is one of the reasons why I started hosting HerbalCon. Last year was the first year that we did it. And I kind of threw it out there. I had gone to a gluten-free food festival with a friend of mine. And, you know, I, I was kind of modeling it on that because there were speakers there talking about gluten-free foods and recipes and how to clean up your, your kitchen and your diet, you know, that kind of thing. And then there were all kinds of vendors there that that catered and specialized in those products that people who were pursuing a gluten-free lifestyle could use. And I thought, wouldn't it be so cool if there was something that you could have when you were looking to go more natural, more herbal and include your alternative and natural um, alternatives to help build your health, that kind of thing. And that's where HerbalCon came from. And I am so happy this year that you are going to be joining Karen Lynn Burr as one of our speakers. I'm super excited. I can't. Um, 
Yeah, I'm super excited. And you're going to be speaking about homesteading and setting it up and all of that good stuff, especially when you're in the middle of a town. Absolutely. It is amazing to me how many of our friends told us initially when we, we told them that what we were doing, that we were crazy and there was no way that that could work in the city. And they cited all these regulations that they thought existed that would prohibit the things that we're doing. And then when we showed them that those are all myths and that harvesting your own rainwater is not in fact illegal in Ohio. And actually it's a beautiful thing. And now so many of our friends have started incorporating some of these things and it's incredible that homesteading can change so many lives and living a more holistic life is game changing. I cannot wait for HerbalCon and I will be telling you so much more about what we do here on our homestead and I am so happy to talk to anybody um, that's interested in learning how to do this yourself. It is so possible. Well, exactly. And I'm a huge believer in letting people get their hands on a little bit more of their own food production, that kind of thing. It doesn't mean that people will never have to go to a grocery store. It doesn't mean that. But, you know, maybe you can get in there and you can get a couple batches of green beans off. Well, that's a couple that you don't have to pay for. And then you got to have a control and a say in how they were grown and you've learned what kind of blood, sweat and tears goes into it for one thing. But you know, when you know how to do it on a small scale, then you have a greater appreciation for what happens on a large scale too. Well, and the nice thing about doing this in the city is you have close proximity to friends and neighbors. You're not feeling like you're out on an Island. So one of the coolest parts about this is we are able to grow or to have chickens in the city of Dayton. Our friend lives in the village of Kettering and they are not allowed to have chickens in their city limits at all. And so if he wants farm fresh, organically raised eggs, he has to buy them at a farmer's market or a specialty store. But he has the ability to grow the most incredible microgreens I've ever seen in my life. It looks like a beautiful carpet. They are so delicious and nutritious. And because he runs a, a microgreens growing business, he has a huge variety. Whereas in my space, I could grow one type at a time successfully. Maybe I could do three, but I would lose most of my space that I use for seed starting. So we leave him eggs and things like my fire cider that I make and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And we have a little cooler that we put on our porch. And when he does his deliveries on Monday, he swings by and he picks up eggs and things from us and produce that we're able to grow. And he trades us and he leaves us bags of microgreens. And those microgreens are what are left over from his vendor events all weekend long. Microgreens have a short window. You have to harvest them. Otherwise, they'll grow past the microgreen stage. So right. it would otherwise be waste product for him. Instead, he is able to bless us with his abundance and we in turn bless him with our abundance. Being in town, that means a five-minute drive. Out in the middle of nowhere, that could be 25-minute drive one way to do that exchange. So it actually becomes rather efficient to homestead in the city. 
Yeah. And that is wonderful. That that whole being able to barter and trade. Mm-hmm. I do that with some things as well. And, you know, it's kind of like, well, I have a surplus of tomatoes and somebody else says, oh, I have so much basil. I'm like, well, I'll trade you some tomatoes for some of that basil. And then we're both good, well off, you know? Exactly. It's a beautiful network that you create when you start living a more natural and holistic lifestyle. You start to realize there's a lot more people doing it than you realize. And that ability to network and and trade. I had a friend that reached out to me and she said, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. I don't have any clove oil. Do you have any clove oil? My daughter had her wisdom teeth out and she's in agony. And she came over here. I was able to give her some, some clove oil to help with the numb, to numb her. And you know, a couple of weeks later, she popped by and she gave me a bottle of lemon oil because I use a ton of lemon oil. And so, again, it was a beautiful way to network. Yes. And that, you know, while cash is good, because in, in my view, and I've explained this to my kids, I'm like, look, cash is just a medium of exchange. Sometimes what I have isn't what somebody else wants, but I have these tokens and I can give them the tokens. And then that means that they put their energy out there for something and they can turn around and take those tokens and trade them off for something else. And I think after, you know, you describe it that way, I, it usually takes till my boys are about 15 and all of a sudden they get it. They're like, oh, I, I'm like, yeah. So then when you go to a job and you work for someone else Um, They give you lots of tokens for doing your job. And then it's your responsibility to to use those tokens to get what you need. So it's really your blood, sweat and tears is getting those tokens and you exchange your work for and utilities and food. And (laughs) exactly. And when you're networking with like minded individuals, then you you know and expect a little different standard of quality. You know, if, if yes. I'm trading tomatoes for basil with my friend, I'm getting a much better deal than if I traded basil to a grocery store and got some of those tasteless red things that they call tomato. Right. And that's a whole nother ball game because when it's grown in your backyard on the vine, you don't have the transportation involved. It's not ripened in a truck on the way to you. Some produce, depending on what types, they're picked totally, not even close to ripe, packed in a truck. And then the trucks are are pumped full of carbon dioxide, which then forces the color changes that make you think that they're good to go. So there's just a lot more into it when you buy local you also are assured that you're getting something a little more in tune with the season. Absolutely. There are a whole school of thoughts that you're supposed to eat with the season in which you're living. Absolutely. You know, in Ohio, you're not supposed to be eating fresh watermelon in January because fresh watermelon in January does not grow in Ohio unless it's in a greenhouse. But even still, It doesn't get enough light hours of the day without using artificial lighting and things to get you watermelon. So you have to think about where did that watermelon come from and Mm -hmm. what did it take to get that watermelon to me? And, you know, so there's a lot of value in these things that we're able to make and grow ourselves because they have so much less impact on the environment as a whole. And they've had so many less chemical processes forced on them. And so when you're trading, to me, 
I would much rather be paid in tomatoes than cash a lot of times. Sometimes the tomatoes are worth more than the yeah, cash. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just had my cat make an appearance. He likes to jump up on my back while I'm doing podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I you. thought I was going to get away without it tonight, but no, he had to, he made sure he came down to let me know he's here. That's but, when my two dogs decide that they want to have a wrestling match in the room with me. Right. <laughs> when you're in the middle of a, of a podcast call. So people also should know that you do have a podcast as well. How do they find you, your podcast, your permaculture design services? How do they find you? So our podcast is the Urban Permaculture Podcast. You can find it anywhere that podcasts are currently available for streaming. Um, you can just search for the title. We also have a website. You can find us online at hogsandhensdayton.com. And um, that'll give you all kinds of um, information about all kinds of things related to homesteading and permaculture. And you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. And you can find us on Instagram by searching for Hogs and Hens Urban Farm. Um, we are easiest to connect with um, either via Facebook, through our Facebook group. You can message us there. Or you can drop us an email at hogsandhensurbanfarm at gmail.com. Um, and we can get you any information that you are, are looking for. No, that's awesome. I just find it, I find it wonderful that you are making a career path out of helping people set up their own yards to be more useful um, in not only like a way that's native to their area, but is catered to their type of ground and their, their local ecology and, you know, their life, basically. A lot of people are just like, oh, I think I'm just going to drop this bush right here and then you know, they don't really think about, I'm going to drive over it or, you know. Well, I went to school initially to become a doctor. So I have a background in biochemistry. Um, and when I got to the stages of starting to, to uh, apply for medical schools, my academic advisor asked me, and she, at the time, my last name was Wilson. And he said, Miss Wilson, so tell me, why do you want to be a doctor? And I, it just slipped out before I even had a chance to think about it. And I said, I don't. And he was like, what? <laughs> and I looked at him and he looked at me with a blank stare. And we both were like, well, um, <laughs> we should probably make some changes here. And it took me a long time to find my way into this. But in a lot of ways, I'm, I am filling that need that I had for being a doctor by helping people help themselves live a healthier lifestyle and preventing a lot of the diseases that are definitely preventable. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. 10,000 times. Yes. <laughs> so with that, I will go ahead and let you go this evening. Well, it's evening when we're recording that just so you guys know. So whatever time you're listening to this <laughs> day, noon, night, whatever, um, I'm going to go ahead and let Heather go. And thank you so much for being with us. And we will see you in a week and a half at RubbleCon. Can't wait to see you there, guys.
Wall Holistic Badasses, you have heard it here first. Heather and her husband have completely integrated so many holistic aspects into their lives as urban homesteaders. And you can come to HerbalCon and hear all about more of it. Be sure to look up Heather at hogsandhensdayton.com and all of her assorted social media outlets. We can't wait to see you if you're going to be joining us at HerbalCon on March 2nd in Wapakoneta, Ohio. Don't forget, tickets are available for that in the shop at HerbChickOnline.com. Door entry is available. However, purchasing a ticket in advance does help us to ensure that we are in the black and promoting a successful event. As always, I'm Lori the Herb Chick, and you can find me at HerbChickOnline.com. You can also find me just about anywhere under Lori the Herb Chick or the.HerbChick across so many social media platforms. Thanks for listening, and I hope to hear from you soon.